Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And uh, man, Jan Blahovich just went out there. And uh, he put a stamp on, on the fact that he is the light heavyweight champion. He defended his belt for the very first time. And in addition to that being the first time of him defending his belt, he was also the first man in UFC and MMA history to hand uh, Izzy Adesanya an L. You know, like like I always say, no one is exempt from that first L. Um unless your name is John Jones or, or Habib, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, like I told you guys already with that too, they stick around long enough and uh, they will take their L's as well. So, man, uh, quite a... I, listen, I actually thought that Jan and Izzy, that was my favorite fight of the night. And not because, you know, some slobber knocker, but you just got to respect such a, such a, you know a technical and tactical battle where both guys really knew like the danger on either side. You got the legendary Polish power, but then you got the world-class kickboxing of Izzy Adesanya. You make a mistake in a fight like that. And uh, either guy can capitalize as you've seen time and time again. I mean, you saw what Jan Blachowicz did to Dominic Reyes. You saw what he did to Luke Rockhold. Again, like I said on the pre-fight show, I, I get it. Rockhold has no chin, right? But like, Going into that fight, Jan was like a plus 200 dog. So no one was saying that before the fact. And real quick, in the in the uh, comments, let me know if y'all can hear me good. Let me know if y'all can see me good. Let me know if everything is running smooth. And if it is, we'll continue. I'm about to uh, post. Uh, I'm about to get people to retweet this shit real quick. So if y'all want to do me a favor and... Um, and retweet it for me. That'd be fucking great. And I'm excited to talk these fights. So get the questions going. Going to answer them all. Going to talk all the fights. Going to do the whole bit. So just give me one second. I'm just tweeting out live right now on the Half the Battle YouTube channel. Talking the epic UFC 259 fight card. Join me. Awesome. So let's get some people in here. Um, in the meantime funny i always got my my manscaped uh shit around here you know what i mean so i'm so i'm ready to go with the ads oh here she is i found her all right so let me uh let me tell you all about my sponsor manscaped and then we're going to talk about this whole card so so ladies and gentlemen get prepared for saint patrick's day with manscaped if you're going to get a little lucky manscaped is the global leader for below the waist grooming and the official sponsor of half the battle to ensure you have the best tools for your family jewels visit manscaped.com and use the promo code battle 20 for 20 percent off and free shipping i'll just leave it at that now let's get down to business guys so remember manscaped.com battle 20 is the code 20% off, free shipping. You know the deal. Best products in the fucking game. I mean, the lawnmower 3.0. This shit. Sh sh should I shave my chest on camera? Just kidding. Not going to do that because, you know, real men don't shave their chest until we do. But uh, let's talk about these fights. So, Jan Blahovich defeated Israel Adesanya. And you look at the scorecards. 49-46, 49-45, 49-45. So, what that means is all three judges scored it 4-1. to one. For Jan Blahovich. Now, the thing is that, uh, you know, there were a couple 10-8s in there. And I personally thought it was 2-2 two to two going into the fifth. But fifth went to Jan Blahovich. Look, bottom line, regardless, 
if you want to get down to the semantics, 48, 47, 49, 46, 49, 45, the bottom line is the right guy won. So at least we don't have to like sit here and, you know, cry robbery or any bullshit like that. Jan did his thing. And I just love how methodical he is in there, man. I love how there's not any unnecessary risk. Because if you try to close the distance recklessly on a guy like Izzy Adesanya, I mean, just look what happened to Robert Whitaker. Um, Look what happened to Paulo Costa. I mean, look what happens to all these guys. And Jan played that so smartly, in my opinion. And I honestly feel like, I mean, it, it's facts. It's not just how I feel. The improvements that Jan's been making, he's just, every single fight, you're slowly seeing him evolve into the guy he is today, you know, from the number one contender to the guy that won the belt, and now the guy who's defending the belt for the first time. So, uh, hold on a second. Daniel Rodriguez. Are, are you uh, D-Rod the fighter or, or some dude that stole his name? But he says, I should use that lawnmower on my chest. I mean, here's the thing, man. You know, I'm not really, you know, not really into dudes named Daniel Rodriguez. And luckily, none of the ladies have ever complained. So the the chest hair is staying, my man. But I do appreciate uh, your feedback. But back to this fight, because look, guys, it's two something a.m. in Atlanta, Georgia right now. You guys already know what state of mind I'm in. So if it's time to bullshit, it's time to bullshit. Let's have some fun. Um but I got to get back to my points here. What we've seen Jan Blahovich morph into is that you saw him from the guy that was two and four in the UFC that was about to get cut. The guy that's losing fights to. Uh... Whoa, whoa. This dude, some dude just fucking wrote some like not nice shit uh, on that last comment. Like, hey, we, we, we leave uh, moms out of it, bro. Like, we don't talk about people's family members. Like, we can roast each other all we want. But, you know, when it comes to, to the family, we don't talk about that. So cut Jonah Hill, cut, cut. But anyways, I'm so fucking ADD right now at 2 a.m. that if I keep seeing comments like that, I'm going to keep responding to them. But back to my point, you got a guy in Jan Blahovich who was two and four at one point. He was about to be cut. He goes on this massive run, one, eight of nine, nine of ten, whatever the case is, wins the belt. Then he's a champ. Now he's a defending champ. A lot of people say you're not truly the champ until you defend it for the first time. Well, not only did he defend it for the first time, because, look, what, what's so funny about MMA fans is how quickly they change their opinions and how they backtrack. Like, for example, going into the Dominic Reyes fight, it was a foregone conclusion that, oh, Dominic Reyes is the uncrowned champ. Dominic Reyes lost a robbery to John Jones, which, first of all, is complete bullshit because John Jones won that fight 3-2. to two. But put that on the back burner. He, uh, he goes in there against Dominic Reyes, and, and he blows him out the water. He's the champ right then and there. But then people were saying, oh, but he didn't beat a champ to get the belt. And, and you know, now people are discrediting Dominic Reyes. All right. I mean, in my opinion, he's got the belt at home. He's the champ. But now let's put him in there with a guy who's 20-0 and 0 in the UFC. And since the rankings have not been updated, I want to let you know exactly where Izzy is on the pound-for-pound pound list. So I'm on the ranking site real quick. I just got to find this pound for pound. Okay. It, he just beat the number three pound for pound fighter on planet earth. So, uh, I mean, can we like stop discrediting Jan Blahovich already, please? Like the dude's proven himself. He is the legit champ and he made those championship adjustments. Look, I understand the judges 
had it four to one. But since all of us or most of us had it two to two, the fact that, you know, he's able to get that takedown in those last two rounds and and not just get the takedown, but hold him down. And, and it might sound like, oh, but he's the 205 or he's the bigger man. He just used his size, which, first of all, I don't understand why you discredit him for that, because win by any means necessary and including with Aljo. We're going to get to Aljo soon. And, you know, I know it's fun to joke around in the heat of the moment, but at the end of the day, uh, Peter Yan fucked up on that. And we're going to talk about how great Peter Yan looked up until then. But, man. Oh, it's so unfortunate that he made that mistake. Um, now, do I consider that a stunt? I really consider what Hogerio Bontorin did more of a stunt than anything. But we'll get to the Peter Yan shit soon. Um, like I said, I'm really ADD right now. So back to Izzy. Man, Izzy still look good. Like, I, I'm still under the impression. Look, everybody's talking about, look, weight classes are there for a reason. Izzy weighed in at 200 pounds. But I'm still under the inclination. When I look at these light heavyweight rankings, I still think that Izzy can come out here and beat some of these top five guys. Tiago Santos is ranked number two. I wholeheartedly believe that Izzy Adesanya could go out there, beat Tiago Santos, and, and definitely more emphatically than Rockic did, and we'll get to that soon. But, but back to this fight, Jan just played it so safe because what cost Jan in that fight against Tiago Maheda Santos was the fact that he kind of closed the distance recklessly and you don't want to do shit like that against any of these big hitters or precision strikers or just people who have that kind of, you know, it's easy to say fight IQ, but just that that in-fight decision-making um, that are that high level of strikers like Izzy Adesanya, you don't just recklessly close the distance on him. But the counter game of Jan Blachowicz, like for example, Izzy would get off on a nice combo, finish it with a kick, and then immediately Jan would, would return with a kick of his own. And that's that kind of shit I like to see, that um, you're not just giving away the points, you're taking them back, and every single exchange truly counted in that fight. And then, uh, you know, no one was really hurt, but it really just came down to two to two. Who wants it more in that last round? And it's not that Izzy didn't want it more, it's just that Jan went out there, executed. Uh, he, he, made the, he made the right decision to take him down, got on top of him, hey. And still the champ. So I'm excited for uh, Jan Blahovic. Izzy will be back. Izzy's going to keep doing his thing. Izzy handled that defeat like a stud. I love the fact that Izzy got on the mic and started talking about, uh, you know, how he was drinking wine last night, you know, just to throw a little shade at, uh, at Paula Costa for, you know, that stunt that he pulled, right? Um, so, you know, Izzy, dare to be great. You know, sometimes you fall short. It is what it is. You can't win every fight. You can't win every bet. You can't win every scenario in life. Like, shit happens, man. So, um, I, I don't really think any less of Izzy. Um, the only thing that sucks for him is he's not going to be on that exclusive champ champ list you know he's not going to get to join amanda nunez he's not going to get to join conor mcgregor um now obviously my boy bj penn won belts at welterweight and at lightweight but i believe it was not simultaneous right someone correct me i don't want to fuck it up i don't want to fuck up uh, the legend bj penn's history it's just that it's been over a decade so i don't remember um but i just know you know obviously my boy beat matt hughes for the welterweight belt um you know destroyed sean shirk for the lightweight belt so you know, so someone let me know, was BJ simultaneous or did he just win both belts at separate times in his career? And then I know my boy Randy Couture was also out here, heavyweight belt, light heavyweight belt. So let's see what Jan does next. I think the next fight for him is Glover Teixeira for sure. Glover earned that title shot. In fact, Glover was actually the backup fighter 
for this event. So had one of the people. Uh, okay, so my boy erroneous says no, not simultaneous. Okay, so I appreciate you clarifying um, that again for me. So yeah, so listen, man. Uh, Jan versus uh, Glover, and then Izzy is gonna have to go back down. And let me see who the top contenders are in his weight class. Number one, Robert Whitaker. He already knocked him out. Number two, Paulo Costa. Already knocked him out. Number three, Jared Cannonier. He's coming off a loss. He ain't getting it. Number four, Darren Till. He's coming off a loss. He ain't getting it. Number five, Marvin Vittori. They already fought before. Um, if Marvin can make a serious statement against Till, then maybe he can, you know, get up there. But it seems like Rob versus Costa is the number one contender fight. It's just that Izzy beat both guys so emphatically that it's like, do I really want to see that? I mean, do you do you guys want to see that? Oh, yeah. And real quick, how could I forget about my boy Triple C simultaneous champ champ? Uh, man, people do not give Triple C the respect he deserves. You see how when he fought Dominic Cruz, you saw what he did to him. <laughs> and Casey Kenny is a stud. And it just shows the, the difference in levels between being a championship caliber fighter and being someone in the top 15. So it, it's truly a. Uh, you definitely got to pay attention to the levels. All right. Amanda Nunes took care of Megan Anderson. Um, that was just so badass. You know, I love the fact that Amanda Nunes, like, look, she's got so much to lose. I mean, she was the biggest favorite on the card, minus 1,200. She's got six title defenses, two belts. She's got everything to lose in, in this fight. Like, I mean, you lose to Megan Anderson. Holy shit. Now, this whole goat talk. I mean, she already is the women's goat. And a lot of people, when I when I tweeted out that she's the the quote, you know, the greatest woman of all time, people were like, "What the, what the fuck is your problem, man? She's the greatest fighter of all time." As if I was like implying like that, like she's not one of the greats. Like guys, what like she's obviously in the conversation to be one of the greatest fighters of all time. Period. But I don't think you can quite say without a shadow of a doubt that she is number one of all time. I'm talking about men and women. I, I think John Jones could be, but I think they got claims there. They've never lost a fight period. But in terms of uh, women's fighters, I mean, dude, like it's not Rhonda. It's not cyborg who, by the way, um, <laughs> Amanda took care of um, easily and accordingly. It's not Valentina who lost to Amanda twice despite who you scored it for the facts are they fought for eight rounds and Amanda won six of those rounds Amanda's the pound for pound greatest uh, female fighter of all time and but okay but back when I'm getting to I like the fact that she didn't just come out here and play it safe man I like the fact that she went out there and tried to take her fucking head off and absolutely destroyed her and let her know that you have no business in the octagon with me because, I mean, at the end of the day, guys, no one that got finished by Cindy Dandwa has any business in the octagon with Amanda Nunes. So props to the Lioness. I hear uh, she's making a quick turnaround against Juliana Pena. And as we like to say in Mexico, uh, pobrecita, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, Juliana Pena is in big trouble in that fight. Um, let's see what the odds are. All right. The fight you guys want to hear about, Aljamain Sterling. The Funk Master. The new Bantamweight champion. I know, right? The new Bantamweight champion. So we'll talk about the fight. But before we do that, let's talk about a little bit of irony. So going into this fight, Aljamain Sterling very uh, audaciously uh, stated that Piotr Yan is a quote-unquote paper champ. 
And you know when I heard that shit, I was like, what? Like, isn't this guy 15 and 1? Isn't this guy dominating every single person he fights? Like, isn't this a guy who will fight to the bitter end and will do whatever it takes to win these fights? Whereas, like, a couple of years back, I bet on a dude named Brian Caraway at plus 350 against Aljamain Sterling. And the bet cash. You understand what I'm saying? Now, granted, he's a completely different level fighter now. He's raised himself all the way to the number two guy on planet Earth. But we never saw those, you know, what the fuck moments with Peter early in his career. I mean, Peter didn't get launched into orbit against Marlon Moraes. So we've seen sketchy moments from Aljamain from the jump. And even in that Pedro Munoz fight when he started to slow down, that was the indicator. You start to slow down. You start to slow down uh, against a guy like Pio Torian, and I mean, he will tee off on you. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of what happened. And, and the funniest thing about it, because if you go back and you hear my breakdown, and uh, I said one of my bold uh, predictions here is that Pio Torian is going to take down Aljamain Sterling in this fight. Because if you watch his fight against uh, Magomed Magomedov the second time, the first time he got taken down a couple times, second time, he made some great adjustments. He starts taking down. Um, he, he starts taking down Magomed Magomedov. So I said, Piotr Yan is going to take down Aljamain Sterling, and I thought it was going to be like one or two, right? Just to kind of you know throw a little insult to injury, just to let him know, hey, I can fuck around in all areas of the game too. Turns out, <laughs> Piotr Yan went seven for seven on takedowns. Aljamain Sterling went one for was it one for sixteen or one for seventeen? So seven for seven for Peter, one for one for 17 or 16 for uh, for Aljo. So let's see. Dale Ricca says your bias towards certain fighters is brutal. My man, dang, man, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know, because I felt like everything I was stating right now is factual. Now, listen, if you want to send me a DM right now and I can send you a link to this call, we can go side by side and you can let me know about where I'm being biased right now. Because I don't think I'm being biased when I say that Peter Yan took him down seven out of seven times. I, I thought that was a, a statistical fact. I don't think I'm biased when I'm saying that uh, Aljamain Sterling uh, or that Peter Yan stuffed uh, 16 of 17. Was that what the number was? I, I'm, just, I'm just stating the facts, my man. So, you know, but to, if you want to take me up on my offer uh, at Best Fight Picks on Twitter, slide into the DMs. You want to link to this chat. I'd be happy to have you on, and you can tell me uh, more about how biased I am. Now, uh, as far as the actual fight went down, so Aljamain Sterling has insane volume. I mean, he's got some of the some of the best volume that I've seen in that division. It, it's just that when you push that pedal to the metal, guys, if you're driving on, on the highway, and for me, the highway, you know, 75 north or 75 south, you know, if I'm driving 100 miles per hour right now at 2.30 a.m. and, you know, I'm pushing that pedal to the metal, I'm going as hard as I can. I mean, it's only science that that gas tank is going to diminish quicker than if I would be just riding normally. And same goes to same goes with Aljamain Sterling. This guy pushes that pedal to the metal. His output's absolutely insane. And that's a great thing to have because it got him to the championship i mean he's the champ right it got him to the belt um it, it got him to the title shot it won him all the fights on his win streak and he's going to continue to dominate a lot of guys it, it's just that i don't think people are really respecting piotr yan as the great that i kind of consider him to be because again 
we all kind of thought that, you know, Piotr Yan might land the harder shots, but like how many of you expected Piotr Yan to take down Aljamain Sterling seven out of seven times? How many of y'all expected him to stuff uh, 16 of 17 takedowns, right? So I, I think that the greatness of Piotr Yan is kind of, you know, a little bit underrated, underestimated. And I think tonight proved that despite that, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a mental lapse. I don't know if I want to call it a stunt. I don't want. I don't know if I want to blame his corner because I feel like he looked at them and maybe he was confused because like the the down fighter rule has evolved over the years, guys. Like you know, I, you know how I always reference that fight um, about uh, that that fight between Chas Kelly and uh, Mirsad Bektic, right? And in the second round, Chaskeli actually knocks out Mirsad Bektic with, at the time, what was considered an illegal knee. But since the rule change, now it would have actually been considered a, a second round TKO for Chaskeli. But then here, um, I, I don't remember the exact scenario. Did he have one knee down? Did he have both knees down? It was definitely illegal. I'm not, I'm not debating that. Um, but there's like a lot of inconsistency with the down fighter rule. Um, you know, then there's always the playing the game thing, which is something else. So yeah, I'd like to see more consistency, but, but the good news is that they're going to get to run it back and we're going to get to see what the deal is. And, but, but back to, back to my point with the volume of Sterling. So the volume of Sterling, it usually drowns these guys. It usually discourages them. They just can't keep up with it. I mean, they throw their best shots at Sterling. Sterling keeps coming forward with, punch after punch after knee after elbow after kick after everything after takedown attempt over and over and that just drains the gas tank of these guys but Piotr Yan something different man and Piotr Yan was on his way to outlasting Aljamain Sterling and obviously even if the the actual strike count number in terms of like if you look at it and it says Aljamain landed more strikes than Piotr that might be true but the more impactful shots were landed by Piotr all day. Like I'm not, I'm not making that shit up. I mean, one guy got a knockdown, right? So, um, I think we know where that fight was headed. But do I blame Aljo? No, I, I don't blame Aljo. I mean, and, I, and honestly, it's not even about Aljo because normally with an illegal strike, you get five minutes to recover, and after two or three minutes, the ref already called the fight, so he didn't even give him the full time to recover now granted i don't think he was going to recover i do think he was done um and you got to blame peter for that man i'm glad he apologized so bottom line they're, they're gonna have to run it back now my question here for these sterling betters because y'all were so confident i heard some people even saying some shit about sterling is a pound for pound great right now and i'm like but he hasn't even touched gold yet but anyways that's a <laughs> You guys know how I can get sometimes. Um, so he is the champ, and now he's going to have to rematch uh, Piotr Yan, who, oh, oh, yeah, and remember, you know, I keep getting off track, but so he was calling Piotr Yan a paper champ. So isn't it ironic how the tables turned that now maybe Aljo is a bit of a paper champ? So I can't wait to see what happens, and I'm also curious if the Aljo backers are going to bet him again at even better dog odds because it will be even better dog odds. Uh, uh, the second time around, so can't wait for that. Islam Makachev defeated Drew Dober, and uh, man, 
Great job on Mikachev. Absolutely dominant. I mean, this guy is a stud. And, uh, you know, I tweeted out, uh, I know y'all don't want to see that uh, that Tony Ferguson versus Islam Mikachev fight. And let me look at the rankings real quick. So Islam Mikachev, number 14 going into this fight. Damn, was Drew Dober not even ranked anymore? Yo, these rankings are fucked. How is Ally Akinta and Gregor Gillespie and honestly, even Kevin Lee? How are these guys in the rankings still? Um, I feel like it's been a decade since they've won fights. No disrespect, they're talented guys. Um, it's just I would think you know Drew Dober would be in the rankings uh instead of them. But either way, Islam was number 14. So Tony's number five. And I currently think that Islam is a top five guy despite his number 14 ranking. I want to see Islam versus Tony. Now, listen, I know the other day I said I wanted to see Nate Diaz versus Tony, and I do want to see that. I think that's a fantastic fight. But if you want to pull uh if you want to get um, Islam over and get him that big name win, that's a guarantee because, look, I, I'm hearing that Chandler and Gaethje are most likely fighting. And uh, obviously, Dustin and Connor are going to do their thing. So that leads Tony as the open guy. So Tony can either fight uh, Nate Diaz, which is I think is, a, is the big fight for him, or... He can uh, sacrifice his spot in the top five and uh, let Islam Makachev take that one. So, yeah, um, I'm uh, very interested to see what happens uh, next with that. So, anyways, about the performance. I mean, whenever he wanted to take Drew Dober down, he took Drew Dober down. And, and props to Drew Dober. Such a tough guy. I'm glad he minimized the damage. And, you know, for him to tap out to the arm triangle choke from half guard, I mean, it just speaks volumes to the kind of shoulder pressure that Islam Makachev uh, brings to the table. Cause like you don't often tap to that, especially when, you know, it's in half guard. Like they usually got to pass the side control to, to complete the arm triangle. So for all I'm trying to say is, God damn, uh, that not that squeeze, but just that pressure from Islam Akachev is just on a, on a, on a different planet, man. So I'm excited to see what he does next. Alexander Rockets versus Tiago Majeta Santos. So that was considered a boring fight. Um, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily exciting. I'm not, you know, champing at the bit to watch it again. However, um, I can empathize with a uh, Rakic's game plan because basically if you fight a guy like Tiago Majeta Santos recklessly, I mean, you know that he's got the second most knockouts in UFC history. I mean, you know he's a guy that, you know he's the last person to beat the current champion, um, Jan Blachowicz, and he knocked him out in devastating fashion. So you can't just go out there balls to the wall against a guy like Tiago Santos, especially if you want to strike with him, which is what Rakic did. Now, going into it, I was expecting like, hey, like, you know his weakness is on the mat. Like, why don't we just go ahead, take him down, pass, and, you know, uh, you know what happens when Tiago gives up his back. But Rakic... Rocket showed a certain quality. You guys are going to disagree with what I'm saying, but I need you to listen to the context. He showed a certain a certain quality that a lot of the greats show, which is trying to beat opponents at their own game. Now, granted, it wasn't spectacular at all, but he still stood up with Tiago Maheda Santos for three rounds and got the decision. He played it very safe. He did exactly what he needed to do to get the win because Tiago is a very risky fight. But now, now it begs the question of what happens now when he steps up against, because look, like I was telling y'all uh, about Cyril Ghan the other day, once you enter the top five and once you're fighting these guys that are ahead of you in the top five, there, there's no more easy fights. There's no more, you know, playing it safe. So, you know, now he's going to have to fight 
you know, a Yuri Prohaska. Now he's going to have to fight a Dominic Reyes. Now he's going to have to, I mean, if Izzy wants to stay at 205, who y'all got between Izzy and Rockets? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and honestly, I, and you know, I have to throw this out every time we talk about 205 prospects. To a lot of people, Alexander Rockets is their top 205 prospect. To a lot of people, Magomed Ankaliev is their top 205 prospect. You guys know what I'm about to say. To me, my top 205 prospect is Jamal Hill. Wait till you see what he does. Um, but as far as Rockich, I mean, wh whether we're talking about the Yuri Prohaska and Dominic Reyes winner, whether, I mean, could they justify giving him a title shot against the winner of uh, Jan Blahovich and Glover Teixeira? I mean, is that, that, is that out the question? Because, like, if you actually look at the rankings right now, like, Either all these guys are booked or some of these fights just simply do not make sense for Rockets at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. So before I move on to um, Cruz and Kenny, which was a fucking unreal fight. I love I fucking love that fight. Um, I want to answer some questions. I want to I want to see exactly what you're all saying. I haven't read the chat. So let me see uh, what you all are saying. Daniel Edwards says. It would be cool for Cruz to retire on a win. Listen, it's always cool for fighters to retire on a win. It's always great when they know when to say when. So if that's what he wants to do, um, awesome. But uh, Daniel, one thing I got to tell you, my friend, you know about the ego of these fighters. I mean, you remember when Chuck Liddell got knocked out like three or four times in a row. And instead of taking accountability that like, hey, like, you know, I, I just can't take a punch like I used to. It was always... I just got caught. So in Cruz's case, he probably thinks I still got one more run in me. He probably still thinks he can become the champion. Um, I personally do not think he would beat Piotr Yan. Um, now, the Aljo fight would be interesting. Um, I mean, I'd favor Aljo just because, you know, the new school, old school kind of vibe. But but that would be interesting because you do not want to slow down against a guy like Cruz. And with the pace that Aljo pushes, see, Aljo's pace is going to work on guys that break, on guys that get discouraged, on guys that just cannot keep up with him. But Cruz is, you know, Cruz beat TJ Dillashaw. Cruz has beat a bunch of high output guys. And um, that's just an interesting fight to me. But that's probably not going to happen anytime soon because uh, Piotr and Aljamain are running it back. Um, and, I, and like I said, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, the Cruz and Kenny fight here in a second. But I just want to answer your questions first. Uh, Valentin said, Chael is right once again about the main event. Um, I, I'm not sure what Uncle Chael said. Did he say that it was going to be like a slow-paced fight or did he pick Jan Blahovich to win? Like, I'm honestly not sure what you're referring to, man, so you're going to have to let me know, buddy. Matt Drucker said, how's it going, Dan? Shout out to my boy, Matt Drucker. You know what I'm saying? Uh, always supported me since day one. So, you know, I'm truly appreciative of that. And I hope you're doing well, my friend. <laughs> Welcome back to Half the Brain. Man, man, my boy uh, D-Rod over here has been shitting on me this whole time. But like I said, anybody that's got an issue or if you want like something answered, you want an explanation of why I talk about certain things the way I do or why this or that. Send me a DM right now on at best five picks on Twitter. My DMs are open. If you want to invite to this chat and you want to tell me more about this half the brain shit, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear it, man. So feel free. 
The invite's open. Dale Recat said, hilarious stunt from, from Jan. Oof. Oh, man. Cost himself a belt, but if you want to look at in a, if you want to look at it in a positive light, now he's got an opportunity to become a two-time bantamweight champion. I believe only now did did TJ win the belt twice? Because I was going to say only Dominic Cruz has accomplished that, but I believe there is a chance. Yeah, yeah, TJ did because TJ had the belt originally when he you know when he beat Barrow, he lost it to Cruz, and then he came back. Uh, when he beat Cody Garbrandt. So, yeah, so it would be, uh, you know, joining that exclusive group, you know, Yan or or Yan, you know, assuming he, he beats Aljo the second time. It'd be joining Cruz. It'd be joining TJ Dillashaw. So, yeah, that'd be badass to see him. Um, to see him uh, be the, uh, you know, be another two-time world champion. So, all right, let's see. Keith says, it's hard not to compare Anthony Smith and Aljo. I know both were different scenarios, but do you look at Aljo and Anthony Smith differently by how they handle the illegal knees? I mean, listen, uh, I, I I definitely believe that Aljo was more impacted by the knee than uh, Smith was. Um, Smith was taking like a pillar to post ass whooping up until the knee, whereas the Aljo fight was, you know, competitive at first until Peter Yan started pulling away. Um, and, and I would also say that Aljo kind of got knocked out, whereas Smith kind of didn't. Um, so it is a different scenario. And I really don't like, like you can't blame Aljo here because this wasn't a case of like, yo, Aljo, can you continue? And, and, you know, he tried to do that whole Diego Sanchez versus Pereira thing where he's like, well, if I continue, will I get my win bonus? You, you know, if I, if I take a DQ, will I get my win? Like, Aljo wasn't doing any shit like that. I, I think Aljo was actually compromised, and I, I I just can't hold it against him. It just sucks Peter did that because he was in the middle of what could have been a legendary performance, man, and he would have really cemented himself as one of the guys in the top 10 pound for pound as just one of the greats of the division. So it's a shame that Peter made that choice. Um, Aljamain looked legitimately bummed to have won that way, so... It, it, it is a different scenario, man, um, for sure. But I got to say this too, Keith, because look, Smith wasn't as badly compromised. I don't think he was concussed after that knee. So he was fully coherent. Now, had he decided to take the DQ and won the belt, that would have been a bad look uh, for his desk job, you know, at ESPN. Because like, look, yeah, he'd win the belt and he'll always have the accomplishment of being a champ. But like, I feel like a lot of fans would lose tons of respect for Smith if he, if he took that way out. Um, so props to Smith. Still has his desk job, still doing big things, still getting big fights. You know, he's fighting my boy Jimmy the Brute Crute next, so it's pretty badass. Stanley says you're right, Dan. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but I, I do appreciate it, my man. Um What's up, my boy Shark? He says 49-46 is acceptable, 49-45. Is not, uh, I mean, who gives a shit? The right guy won. If the right guy didn't win, then we could like spend more time, you know, arguing about all that shit. But who gives a fuck? Um, damn, I still can't believe Anton said that shit to me. Like, are you serious, Anton? Um, all right, let's see. <laughs> Brandon Aljo, dog money, easy work. Listen. I love talking shit too, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Listen, 
And one thing I've always said, Brandon, is that I'll take a win by any means necessary. So you see these guys, you know, and they like to talk about good bet, bad bet. And yeah, obviously I'd love to make good bets all the time, but I'd rather win all the time instead. Um, so, and I'm going to need to start doing that because this, this uh, starts of the year has been kind of rough for me, but you know what I'm saying? I'm in the shit for the long haul. So don't count me out, but back to your point, um, take a fucking win by any means necessary. So Brandon, congrats, man. You cashed. Um, I also, he says, doesn't help that Yan doesn't speak English. He, he's got, he's got some underrated English. I hear behind, you know, off camera, he can speak pretty well. I mean, I saw him at the face off telling, uh, Aljamain, I'm going to fuck you up, you know? So, uh, don't, don't sleep on his English. It's just, you know, it, it takes time to feel comfortable doing it on the camera. Um, not going to give any personal example. I kind of want to. Okay. So I'll tell you all something you probably don't know about me. So I speak Spanish fluently. Spanish was actually my first language. I'm a first generation American. Um, but then obviously growing up in the United States, English, now my English is way better than my Spanish, but my Spanish is still good. If I go to any Latin place, anywhere, if I go to Mexico, if I go to South America, if I, whatever, like I, I can hold my own, I can talk. But, but if you put a camera on me and, and try to get me to talk like I'm talking now in Spanish, it's probably going to be pretty difficult, right? Like, so I feel like where Peter Yan is coming on, uh, coming from on that, you know, it's going to take time, but I love seeing the effort of foreign fighters trying to, you know, doing their best to learn English. Like you saw my girl, Myra Shitara Bueno Silva, like she didn't speak a lick of English. Now she's out here, you know, trying to interact with her fans. Same with Marina Rodriguez. So like, it's really cool to see like how serious they're taking it. Cause that's, that's like my only criticism of Jose Aldo, but at the same time, it is kind of gangster that he, you know, oh, in his eyes, he wanted to stay loyal to the Brazilian people and only speak in uh, Portuguese in all his interviews. But I'm always like, dude, like the hardcore fans know what kind of legend you are. The hardcore fans love you, but how about let's get these casual fans into you too? And I think speaking uh, English would uh, would help with that. Okay, so. Uh, IOC says Izzy was a ticking time bomb, but he has no ground game. Uh, that's not true. He, he, you can't say he has no ground game because let, let's let's really examine what you said. If he had no ground game, firstly, consider the fact that Jan Blahovich is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. So a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt going against someone with no ground game, that means one takedown and the fight is over shortly after. That means you're passing them out. That means you're smashing the guy. That means you're taking his back and choking him out. And, and that just simply wasn't the case. Uh, when you, oh, Okay, I got an example for you. You want to see an example of no ground game? Watch the Amanda Nunes and uh, Megan Anderson fight. What was that? Uh, tr uh, like inverted triangle armbar or some shit? Like Megan Anderson has no ground game. Izzy's got a ground game. Izzy survived against a black belt. Like, and in other fights, you've seen him attempt submissions. Um, you've seen him survive every bad spot. So, okay, maybe his ground game is not his forte. Yeah, we're not going to debate that, but to say he has no ground game, that's a stretch because if he has no ground game, then what do you consider Megan Anderson's game, uh, ground game? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what's, what's below no ground game, right? That's the level you'd have to take it at. 
Stanley says, yep, Jenga is takedown right on time. And that's what this game is about. It's about being opportunistic with your moments and seizing the moment and going out there and doing whatever it takes to win. Win by any means necessary. Like I said, like I always used to say back in the day, whether it's a split decision, whether it's a DQ, which you know you Aljo betters got tonight, even though I personally, I think we all agree, you know, Peter Yan's the much better fighter, but so what? Take a win by any means necessary. Like, and then let's talk about like controversial decisions. Like, so, you know, people talk about robberies and this and that. Would you rather be on the robbery and cash or would you rather be on the one that everyone's crying about and lose? I'd rather be on the controversial side and win. So at the end of the day, it's all about winning. So we can make all the excuses we want, but you guys know the deal. All right, so Erroneous says only Triple C, Connor, Nunes, and DC were simultaneous champ champs. Yes, good shit. Zach says the most shameful performance of the night goes to Aljo for the WWE sell job to get the strap. Ray Longo to uh, the back of the bag of ice on the neck when Dana's putting the strap on him. I mean, bro, he just got concussed. He got fucked up. Look. I picked Piotr Ian. I think Piotr Ian is the better fighter. I already told you the stats. Seven out of seven takedowns. Stuff 16 to 17. It was clearly on his way to winning that fight. He's clearly the better fighter. Will be favored in the rematch. 100%. But, like, Aljo got hurt, man. Al Al Aljo was fucked up, dude. Like, so what's wrong with his coach putting ice on him to cool him down? So I, I think that sometimes you guys go to certain extremes just to hate on guys. And, and I understand we're passionate. We love this game, but these guys are true warriors that step in there. I mean, this is a guy in Alderman Sterling who had the balls to get into a closed uh, cage and get into a fist fight with a man named Piotr Yan, who's one of the baddest men on planet earth. So between you and me, he got knocked out. He was concussed. It sucks. It is what it is. Uh, it's really unfortunate. But the good news is we're going to get the rematch. And I truly believe uh, their differences will be settled uh, in 2021. And we're going to have a clear non-paper champ in the Bantamweight division, my friends. Shark says, seems like it's going to be Whitaker fighting him again. Not sure Costa, Costa will have much for him. Whitaker destroys these power punchers and loses the guys like wonder boy and adesanya bro the wonder boy fight was like fucking how long ago but no but you're right you're right hey i i can't debate facts right you're right daniel edward says i love nunes punchy power so do i and i just love her aggression i love the you know what i love the most i mean look i can talk about her brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt i can talk about her knockout power i can talk about all the title belts she has at home and on a side note, I, I can talk about what kind of ambassador she is for the sport. And not only that, for her community, too, um, to be the first uh, gay UFC champion. Like, there's going to be a lot of people inspired by what she's accomplished. Um, I, I think she's so phenomenal. But here's my favorite part, guys. With all those accomplishments that Amanda Nunes has, she doesn't play it safe. She goes out there to destroy this deep into her title run. It's, a, it's truly a beautiful thing to see. Erroneous says, I would rather see the winner of Till vs. Vittori get the next title shot instead of Whitaker Costa, but Whitaker would deserve it if he wins, so that would be okay too. Yeah, I mean, Marvin and, them, or, Marvin and him already fought, but Marvin's come a long way. Marvin's entered the top five, so maybe a rematch there. He's definitely improved. 
And then Till, you know, I know a lot of y'all got your opinions on Till, but for some reason, Izzy and Till have always wanted to fight each other. I know y'all remember that video that Darren Till put out, and he's like, I'm fucking coming for you. You know what I mean? Uh, I, the way he said it was a lot more uh, passionate and uh, funny and all that shit, but I know y'all know what I'm uh, referencing here. Nunez for Zhang Wiley. Why are you trying to do my girl Zhang Wiley like that, my man? Because, uh, firstly, after Zhang Wiley beats Rose Nami Yunus, and I know there all you, a lot of y'all are Rose Nami Yunus fanboys, so I'm sorry to break your heart. After uh, Zhang Wiley beats Rose Nami Yunus, and after Yan Xiaonan defeats Carla Esparza, it's going to be China versus China for the belt. If Zhang Wiley can get past that, then we look at the bullet Valentina fight. If Zhang Wiley can get past that, well, then, my friend, then I think we might not have an option. So she still has a little work. So basically, for that fight to happen, Wiley needs to beat Rose Nami Yunus, Yan Xiaonan, and bullet Valentina. If she can beat those three, then I'm open to that possibility. Um, let's see. Chief Hindsight said finished third out of 16.6K contestants on DraftKings with a free entry. How much did you win, though? I mean, was it one of those, like, like free contests where you just get points, or were you actually out here getting a big payday on it? You got, you got, you got to let us know all the details. No selective reasoning around here. You got to let us know what the deal is. PayPal says uh, Nunez is not as skilled as these male champs. Um, and we can debate that some other time. I mean, I got to pull up who the male champs are and you know all that shit. But listen, I, I live in the United States. So we're entitled to our opinions. This is a free country. You're allowed to believe whatever you want. And I'm not going to try to change your opinion. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if that, if that's how you feel. No problem. <laughs> you know? Um even though I think that Amanda Nunes would whoop that former champ, Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> you know, it's funny, um, this whole, because you, you guys know how uh, I have been critical about Demetrius Johnson, and I, I kind of like how much it pisses people off. It's just entertaining for me. Um, and, and if you actually want to know the real truth about how I feel about uh, Demetrius, I actually think that he's one of the most well-rounded fighters in the history of the sport. I actually think that if you go to his house, He's got over 10 UFC belts there. I, I think you can take nothing away from him. So I got nothing but respect for him. The, the, the places I'll always give him shit for is this, is that, you know, a lot of people were talking about canceling the flyweight division while he was champ. And he had the opportunity to, hey, why don't we do champ versus champ, me versus, or DJ versus TJ Dillashaw, 125 versus 135. And he, he didn't want to do all that. He said, I want to fight Ray Borg. And then you remember uh, Dana White's famous quote, he wants Ray Borg. We're going to give him Ray Borg. So that was kind of where I was just like thinking he might have been a little lame. And then, you know, got dethroned by Cejudo. You guys can call it a robbery all you want. But, you know, Cejudo beat him. And it's nice to see uh, what Cejudo went out there and did. You know, one, two belts in two weeks. Basically, he did the things that DJ wasn't willing to do, which was move up a weight class and win another belt. And actually, take that back because DJ did attempt that against Dominic Cruz and he lost. So 
Henry Cejudo accomplished that uh, when he went up. You know, you remember that destruction uh, of Marlon Marais. You remember the destruction of Dominic Cruz. Uh, Henry Cejudo is very, very, very underrated and underappreciated, in my humble opinion, guys. So, as Zach says, Aljo the fraud master confirmed. <laughs> Listen, man, when I when I used to joke around, and because you guys gotta understand. The kind of sense of humor that I have, um, it doesn't always translate in these in in these shows because you don't actually like know me personally. But like, if you like hung out with me, you, you'd see the kind of jokes that I make, and you'd see like you know that I I just I like to have fun a lot. So a lot of you know calling him the fraud master. Did I actually believe that he was a fraud when I was calling him that? No, but. You know, it sounds kind of funny. It's entertaining for the fans. We're here to put on a show as well as give insight. So it was what it was. But, I mean, dude, he he fucking pushed a serious pace early. You just can't keep – you can't maintain that against a guy like Piotr Yan, and that's simply uh, what the deal was. Oh, oh, and by the way, so those dudes that were talking shit that I gave them a personal invite to come join me side by side and – you know, tell me what your concern is or call me out or tell me whatever you want to tell me. Like, let's go back and forth. Silence, crickets. None of them, none of them are, none of them are messaging me wanting to come in here, which is sad because I love going back and forth. I love debating. Like if, if you got something to say, let's talk, but they don't want to talk. So it's, uh, I guess, uh, luckily enough, I got to talk to y'all, which I'm very grateful that everybody that all of you guys are here. Hey, do me a favor. Give this video a like and a subscribe. I truly appreciate it. Ryan says, Sterling is not the champion. <laughs> so back like I was saying, just like he was calling uh, Piotr Yan the paper champ, now, now he's the paper champ. But at least he gets a UFC belt uh, to keep at home. You know, from now, from now on to the day he dies, he can walk into his house and will always have UFC gold on his mantle. So good for him. Ali says you're great at giving analysis on fights. I, I truly appreciate that uh, that you think that, man. Thank you. So that just makes me want to strive to to be better, no matter what. Um, all right, let's see. Parlay would have paid a thousand on fifty dollar bet if he had won. Parlay on who? Um, Matt Drucker said, "Can I join the call?" But Matt, you, you haven't been calling me out. I mean, basically, the fans aren't entertained by two people agreeing on everything. The fans are entertained by shit talk. By by, like like that dude said. Um, I forget. I actually don't even remember what he said. But he he was talking some shit. So I'm like, man, fuck talking by on a keyboard. I mean, I know we're not gonna get to be face to face in person, but at least we can be on camera and we can talk. And so I do appreciate you wanting to step up. And, and you know what, Matt? Should, should, should I let my boy Matt join the call? Matt, send me a DM, bro. We'll, we'll give we'll give you a little tryout. Let's see what you got. Um, Anton said I could tell forty five seconds in that Aljo was going to gas. Was going to gas. Yeah, I mean the the kind of pace he pushed. Because look, let me pull up the numbers real quick on that fight. So. <laughs> Aljamain Sterling attempted 74 strikes in round one, attempted 36 strikes in round two, 58 strikes attempted in round three, 62 strikes attempted in round four. So, I mean, the guy's an output machine. It's just that 
it's gonna work on like almost everyone else except uh Piotrian, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I've heard you say you didn't think Yudong beat Stamen and Vera either. So why bet him against legit opposition? So he's referring to the fact that I took um Song Yudong against Kyler Phillips tonight. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm I, firstly I don't make excuses and props to Kyler on uh, winning the first two rounds, lost the third round. So here's how I kind of viewed it, man. Those fights against Stamen and Vera, I just viewed Stamen and Vera on a completely different level than Kyler Phillips. And, I mean, they are. I mean, they're two top 15 guys, right? Kyler isn't. But I've always known Kyler was very talented. I, I just thought that maybe this was going to be just, you know, some growing pains and come back to fight another day. And basically, the way that Yadong fought in the third round, kind of really pressuring him, putting it on him, not having a care in the world for what he had to throw, that's what I expected from the jump. Just didn't happen. Got started too late. Much respect to Phillips. He did a fantastic job. Um, but like the reason that, he, he, despite how you score the statement and verifies the fact that this twenty-three-year-old, uh, twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old, he's the ageless wonder. The fact that he's fighting so competitively with guys on that caliber, that that's still a big deal for me. Despite who you score those fights for, you do you understand what I'm saying? All right. PayPal says the judge that gave Sterling round two is on crack. I mean, a lot of these judges, uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just put it this way. If Dominic Cruz says that uh, Keith Peterson was smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol, I can only imagine what some of these judges are doing. So I cannot confirm nor deny, but you may have a point, my friend. Ryan Wilson says lost a thousand on Yan. Sucks, man. <laughs> it happens, but they're going to fight again. It's going to be a worse line, but. You know who the better fighter is, so I highly doubt he makes the same mistake twice. Um, there's that 311 song about making the same mistake twice. You know, it's one thing to make the same mistake twice, but it's another thing to make it all of your life. I don't think he's going to make the same mistake twice. So, you know, shit happened that night. Zach says Alja was not that hurt. He was acting like he got put out and stiffened. He took a hard shot. That's it. Well, I mean... Zach, listen, man. I've already stated that I think Peter Yan is the true champ and all that, and he's the better fighter, no debate. But come on, man. Like, let, let's let's read the first sentence you just put, and then let's read the last sentence. First sentence: Aljo was not that hurt. Last sentence: He took a hard shot. So, to me, it's like a one plus one equals two. He took a shot. He took a hard shot. Therefore, he was hurt. So. And, I mean, the ref didn't even give him the full five minutes to recover. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I thought he got fucked up personally. So, But the good news is they're going to run it back. So, But, I, I mean, I get what you guys are saying, but I really I really do believe he was hurt, you know? Um, see, the, the shit I was talking more about was just the people that disrespected Peter Yan in the lead-up to the fight. Those are the guys I was going after. I wasn't going after Aljamain Sterling. Is I, I, you know, I feel for the guy. It, it's just the people that were just utterly disrespecting and discrediting Piotr Yan. Those were the guys that I was talking shit about with all those tweets I made. And some of them are my friends. I mean, but you know, you know, I'll say that shit in a chat to their face, whatever. Like at the end of the day, man, we're so passionate about the sport. We're, you know, we're willing to wear our hearts on our sleeves and we just love this shit so much. And that's what makes it so great. Um, so. 
Awesome. Daniel says to quote Nate Diaz, Peter Yan was about to break. <laughs> oh man, Nate Diaz is fucking hilarious. Man, I wish some of y'all got a sense of humor a little better. I know there's some newer fans that don't really fuck with the Diaz brothers because they weren't around back in the day. They weren't around when these guys were on the come up. They weren't around when Nick Diaz knocked out Robbie Lawler. They weren't around when Nick Diaz knocked out Paul Daly. They weren't around when Nick Diaz made his UFC return and put an absolute clinic on BJ Penn. So a lot of these people think that like Nate Nate Diaz, I was talking about Nick a second ago, but not Nate Diaz. They thought, oh, he's only popular because he beat Connor. But it's like, you know, he beat like Donald Cerrone like fucking a million years ago on that Brock Lesnar card. So it's like these guys have been doing their thing in the UFC for years. Um, I just wish a lot of the newer fans would kind of go back and watch the old fights, learn about the history of the sport, and then you'd have a better appreciation of uh, why people hold them in the regard that they do. And it's just their attitude, the way they fight. I'm a fan. Zach says, Peter, at least minus 350 in the rematch. Maybe on the opener, but with the kind of support Aljo has, uh, do not be surprised. Because like tonight, people are saying that Peter was the better man, but you already know some of these stat nerds are about to go back. They're about to look at these numbers. And you want to know something funny? So the numbers actually say that Aljamain Sterling landed more strikes than Piotr. Now, all of us know that the more impactful shots were landed by Piotr Yan. But, but since, you know, just the actual number of strikes landed was more by Aljo, they're going to start to use those arguments. They're going to start to be like, oh, he's a dog, but he landed more strikes. He would have came back without the illegal knee, which, you know, which is bullshit. But that's fine. Let, let them do their thing. Let them give us a better price on Jan. Don't jump on the opener. Let that Aljo money come in, and then we take advantage. <laughs> Jan said, here, have my belt. Man, so unfortunate. So unfortunate because he was he was putting on like a historic performance, man. Like if I go back and I look at um, Aljamain Sterling's numbers from, from back in the day, you know what's the most takedowns anyone's ever landed on him in a fight? My boy Brian Caraway uh, hit him with three. So, to, to and Brian Caraway is no, known for being a wrestler. Piotr Yan, he's a very well-rounded mixed martial artist, but the the biggest thing about his game is that just nonstop, relentless pressure of breaking guys and slow cooking them. And for him to take down Aljo seven times, it's just, I really think he might be a special athlete. It's really unfortunate how it played out. Okay. Damn, I never even thought about this. So, Mystic Sosa says, once he vacates, he can rematch with honor. So, <laughs> from the honor standpoint, I get it. But, Mystic Sosa, how dumb of a business move would that be for Aljamain Sterling to relinquish his belt? Because not only would he be relinquishing his belt for quote-unquote honor, but he'd also be giving up his pay-per-view points. So he'd be losing out on a lot of money because, you know, the champs get them pay-per-view points. So hell no, he ain't fucking uh, vacating no belt. Nine minutes says fuck the down fighter rule. Yeah, I agree. At least there should be some consistency with it. Like, you know what I mean? Stop changing it every fucking couple of years. PayPal says people under underestimate Yan's athleticism. I don't know how they miss the quickness in his punches and kicks. I, I don't know either. I mean, I don't know how they disrespect them to the extent that they do. Zach says, Aljo finna steal them pay-per-view points. Hey, man, listen. 
He's paid his dues, man. He's been fighting in the UFC since before the Reebok era. I mean, do you guys remember? Like, Aljamain Sterling, like, he was two fights into his UFC career asking for, you know, talking about he wasn't getting paid enough. Like, he was so immature. And to go from that guy to the person now that's fight, that that's a champion. You know, I was going to say that's fighting for belts, but he's a champion. He's got a belt with him. Um, he's, he's come a long He's come a long way. That being said, I still got Piotr Yan in the rematch, but Aljo's come a long way. Let's not let's not discredit him. Zach says Aljo has zero power. Yeah, but he's got insane volume. Um, that's uh, I mean, that's kind of like the what catch twenty two. Is that the fucking? It's been, it's been it's been like close to a decade since I've been in college or some shit. I don't even fucking remember. So yeah, it's like three twenty a.m. right now. I'm having a blast. Y'all having a good time? I appreciate y'all being here with me. And we haven't even fucking gone halfway through the card yet because y'all keep asking me these awesome questions and I'm happy to answer them. I'm happy to interact with you guys always. Um, Yeah, exactly. Erroneous knows what he's talking about. Don't vacate. Take those pay-per-view points. Screw honor. We'll make a better build. Even if he has to be the heel, Chael wouldn't vacate. Exactly. Why vacate? Like, why would you potentially give up like possibly six to seven figures uh, of of pay just because a couple of fans call that you don't even know called you dishonorable like who, who who gives a fuck you know what I'm saying Suraj says had a four leg parlay Kyler Asker Elliot and Jan um hold on Kyler Asker Elliot Jan well I mean you cashed three of them bro that's not a losing play like just the Jan will Oh, fuck it is. Fuck, it's not a no contest. God damn, my bad, my bad, I'm wrong. Why do I keep thinking no contest? Oh, or, oh, that really sucks, man. That really sucks. That's why you got to play him straight. Not to not to put salt in the wound, but god damn. That does suck. All right. Let's see. Pound for pound my ass in terms of uh, Piotr Yang. You don't think he's one of the top 10 pound for pound fighters? interesting uh unless you're referring to something else i was saying but i think you're talking about piotr yan not being a top 10 pound for pound fighter well i'd love to see your top 10 list uh and let's see uh, who you got ahead of him props to the kennedy prediction save my ass in DraftKings. hey you know sometimes you get some of those right uh i mean look was he losing the fight yeah but what he did that was so smart that he's not getting credit for and then we're talking about kennedy and zechuku is that he let this guy throw everything he's got. Excuse me. He let him blow his load, and he honestly played it defensively smart. He had a nice high guard. He didn't eat too many clean ones. I mean, he ate, a, he ate some shots, don't get me wrong, but not too many clean ones where he got dropped. Or I mean, the cleanest shot of the fight was the one he landed on Olbrook. So he kind of just outlasted him, weathered that early kickboxing storm, and then beat the guy at his own game. So that was really badass. 90 minutes says check insta check sterling's insta he's getting too much hate i mean dude come on you know how these fans are this is nothing new this is the case with anyone that loses or wins or fucking anything people will discredit anyone everyone haters gonna hate but one thing i will tell you about that my friend nine minutes is that no one that's doing better than you is gonna hate on you do you understand what i'm saying so let the losers do what they do man you don't got to be one of them. You you can be better than that, you know. This guy still went out there and fought his heart out. Just 
got knocked out with an illegal knee, couldn't continue, won the belt, and in a couple of months, he's going to lose the belt, so it's all good. All right, let's see. Let's see what else y'all got for me. All right. Erroneous says, do Nate versus Tony first. Islam fight. We'll be here whenever you want to do it. Tony will win. Islam will win his next fight, and it will be a big main event because of Tony's history with, with Khabib. Yeah, but that's assuming Tony beats Nate, right? Because, I mean, that's not a guarantee in my eyes. Um, with Nate, I mean, Nate's a guy that beat uh, Conor McGregor, firstly. Beat Anthony Pettis. He, he, he's beat a lot of guys. Tony beat Anthony Pettis, too. But um, I, I'm just saying that uh, certain matchups, like, if you're not going to take Nate down and lay on him, which Tony won't do. And if you're not going to kick Nate's leg off, which Tony isn't going to do, Nate's got a good chance. So uh, I would not count Nate out in that fight. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, I just did that fucking thing where it scrolls me all the way down, so now I got to scroll back up. What are my thoughts on MMA Parlay King? Uh, never heard of him, but... I wish him the best of luck. What are your thoughts on Dominic Cruz calling out Hans Molenkamp? Um, I'm not. I don't even know who Hans Molenkamp is. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I have no idea. Um, hold on. Now, let me just scroll up because I missed some of these questions. And if you guys want to keep submitting me some more, I appreciate it. Um. All right, but before I answer more questions, can I can I keep talking about some of these fights? So Cruz and Kenny, what a fucking fight. That was one of my favorite fights of the night, man. Um, that in the main event. Um, so basically, Dominic Cruz, he's so tricky to fight, man. His, his fighting style is so unique. And it's funny because he gets criticized for not having the most power in the world. But, like, he swings some haymakers, man. I know you'll notice he swings some haymakers. And Casey Kenny did really good, too. It was a very close fight going into the third round. But Dominic Cruz got it with that takedown. Such a nice vet move. And it's good to see a guy in Dominic Cruz who, like I said, when I was in high school, man, I was watching this guy fight in the WEC. You know what I'm saying? In 2007 against Uriah Faber, right? Um Wow, I wish I remember. Did I did I did I graduate high school in two thousand eight or in two thousand six? I don't even fucking remember. It's been so goddamn long. But I just know that I used to watch Cruz and Benavides and all these guys back when I was in high school, and it was uh. Hold hold on a second. I need to remember what fucking class I graduated high school in because it's been so goddamn long that I don't even remember. I'm thirty one, by the way. For for those that don't know. Um, so who knows? Maybe I got that date wrong, but like I said, I'm very ADD, especially at 3:20 a.m. 4:20 coming up in an hour. Let's celebrate! But Cruz is a guy that you know when you when you make your pro debut in 2005, 2005 guys, and now it's 2021, and you're still beating guys in the top 15. 
Like, is that not just a, a true badass? Because then you look at some of his other, and that, that's a 16-year career, by the way. Then you look at some of his other contemporaries like Joseph Benavidez, and Joseph would have never been caught dead uh, losing to Askarov a couple years back. But, you know, not, not only did Father Time get to him, but, you know, he's just not the same guy anymore. Whereas Cruz, you know, maybe all these layoffs, aid him in the fact that he's not so you know battle worn he's still got he's still fresh he's still i mean dude like nathaniel wood couldn't beat casey kenny um so good good shit uh on dominic cruz's part and doesn't take anything away from casey kenny in my eyes i felt like he fought a great fight it was one of my favorite fights of the night so great job to cruz both guys will be back can't wait to see what they do next Kyler Phillips versus Song Yadon. Oh, real quick. Do you guys want to see Dominic Cruz versus Jose Aldo? Is that, is that the fight to make? Uh, so Kyler Phillips and Song Yadong. Props to Kyler Phillips. I was wrong on this one. I had Song Yadong. Uh, I think I told you all this already. Um, that I, What Song Yadong did in the third round is what I expected him to do all three rounds. But Kyler, man, this guy's been a martial artist since he was three years old. He's got a very unique style. Um, however, I'm worried about Kyler Phillips in five-round fights when he goes forward because with his style, so much movement, so many unorthodox kicks that take so much energy, it's only, I mean, it's only natural that he's going to slow down as fights progress. And that that's where I'm worried when he starts to fight these killers, when he starts to get these main events, because, you know, not to be that guy that's like, if it was a five-round fight, Songy Dog would have won, because, you know, going into this fight, I knew it was a three-round fight. But just saying, you know, for future reference, because he just be a guy in the top 15. That means now he's in the top 15. That means that maybe he's one or two fights away from a main event. Um, I'm going to be paying attention to how Kyler looks in these main events. So Askarov and Benavidez. Askarov is just a hungrier, younger, fresher guy. Man, those stabbing front kicks to the gut, you know, kind of remind me like uh, what Pedro Munoz was doing to Aljamain. Um, those things are a thing of beauty. And those body lock takedowns he hit on benavidez were i mean he picked him up and slammed him hard you don't often see people going out there out wrestling joseph benavidez so asker askarov i believe uh my boy davison dice dugea figueredo's got a new challenger because i don't know how y'all feel about the moreno fight i mean i know for some reason a lot of y'all got something against uh davison which i don't get he's like the most exciting flyweight champion we've ever had in the history of the sport he made the flyweight division great again he brought violence back to to the to 125 i mean you weren't seeing these other guys with one punch knockouts i mean maybe here or there but like i'm talking like every fight right um and i truly believe he beat moreno four to one three to two if you want to be nice but four to one come on and then this whole cardio talk bullshit when like fucking figueredo won the fifth round right so and and figueredo beat pantoja 30 27 on all three judges scorecards so some of these narratives i hear are absolutely insane i get it they got to do the moreno rematch just because it's considered to be the best flyweight uh, fight of all time so they do that again which i fully expect davison to win and then davison figueredo versus asker askarov that's one i'm excited for asker askarov doesn't slow down Asker Askarov's got a nasty ground game. Asker Askarov's got the confidence of an undefeated fighter. And most importantly, Asker Askarov is making huge leaps and bounds every single fight. So after uh, Davison takes care of Moreno for the second time in a row 
and I and I expect this time to be this. I expect the second time to be more emphatic. By the way, then we're gonna get to see Asker versus uh, Davis and Dice Dugera, and I think that might be the first like formidable challenge for uh, for the great Davison. God of War. So Kaikara France knocked out Hogeria Bontorin in the first round. So Bontorin comes out there, does exactly what he's supposed to do, takes him down, takes his back, and gotta give Kaikara France so much credit for surviving those spots, man. Because in the past, I think he might have been tapped out. I mean, he got tapped out one fight ago. Kept his cool, and as soon as they got back up, it's not like he backed up, you know, to catch his breath and, you know, to kind of rethink things and reset and do the whole bit. He just went right after Bontarine and one nice shot on the ear sent him face first into the mat. Now, I heard a lot of people giving uh, Herb Dean shit for, for that fight. Is it because after the face plant that maybe he didn't, like, wave it off kind of convincingly enough and that's why kai car friends kind of ran back like like is that what y'all are referring to let me know but regardless kai Kara, good knockout win tim elliott absolutely destroyed jordan espinoza and it, it bums me out not, not that tim elliott won it bums me out how much jordan espinoza underperforms man because it's like he's got the speed he's got a wrestling background he's got power he's got footwork he just can't put it together. It's it's just a shame. Like some guys just don't live up to it. And Jordan Espinosa is one of those guys. You know, Brandon Thatch. He's got the size. He's got the look. He's got the knockout power. Just didn't live up to it. Eric Silva has got the explosiveness. Got you know the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Like was destroying guys when he first came into the UFC. Just couldn't live up to it. Brandon Vera. I know y'all remember Brandon the Truth Vera was supposed to be the first, was he wanted to be the first champ champ. He was the, hey, Brandon Vera was the first guy to even bring up uh, champ champ talks into MMA when he was talking about being the light heavyweight and heavyweight champion. He even knocked out Frank Mir. But after he had this like brutal, um, I, I, I don't know, it was a contract dispute. It's been so long. It's been like 12 years. I think he had a big contract dispute. He was never the same. He was completely inconsistent every single fight after that. Never lived up to it. Tim Elliott, man, he embarrassed. He embarrassed Espinosa in a way that goes beyond the performance. And the reason I say that is this. The performance, I mean, 30-27, 30-27, That's enough for, for Espinosa to not show his face on social media for at least a week. You know, he got blown out the water. But I don't know if y'all caught what Tim Elliott told Jordan Espinosa in the middle of that fight. He said some shit, and he said it loud enough to where we heard it on camera to where he added insult to injury because not only does Espinosa have this, you know, lopsided, destructive loss that he's got to deal with, but now people are viewing him as like a big piece of shit because of what Elliott said to him. Um, now, I personally don't know the background story there, so I don't know if there's any truth or there isn't. I just know that what he said was enough for them not to shake hands and hug afterwards. They're definitely not going to be sharing a drink in the hotel lobby afterwards. But now I think these fucking weirdos like, you know, like Trent Rinesmith and I mean, Trent negative, that's what I call him. And the, these other fucking guys are about to dig up all this stuff on Jordan Espinosa and try and do their best ditch effort to ruin his career. 
Hopefully the guy's innocent. Um, let's see how this plays out. Good job, Tim Elliott. First win streak since 2013. So he's doing some things. Uh, James Krause. James Krause is a hell of a coach and fighter. So Kennedy and Zechuku knocked out Carlos Ulberg in the second round. I was really happy about that. Um, picked him on the show. Uh, so did Shaq. Shaq bet him, by the way. Um, and I was just not sold on some 3-0 and guy, you know, fighting in the UFC. Oh, because he trains with Izzy Adesanya? Like, I could fly one of you guys out for a week to train with Izzy Adesanya, and am I going to pick you in a fight? You, you see what I'm saying? So what Kennedy did was very smart. And the way people view it is, oh, he just got his ass beat, and then, you know, uh, and then Olberg gassed from whooping his ass and just got caught. Whereas I viewed it as Kennedy had his hands up very high and he was, a lot of those shots were landing on the arms. A lot of those shots were blocked and he was just kind of letting him empty the gas. Like if you play the video game, you look at the stamina meters and you just let the, you know, your opponent just completely drain the gas tank, throw everything they have at you. And then once their gas tank diminishes, once that, uh, once that gas tank is on E, on empty, then uh, then uh, you go forward and you land some shots of your own, and chances are he's going to be compromised to the point where uh, he goes down. And beautiful shot, put him down. And also, one thing I was saying was Kennedy was so green when he got signed in the U.S. Guys, Kennedy made his contender series debut at 2-0 as a pro. Okay? So he wins that fight, and he's 3-0. and So. And you know how green he is there at 3-0. That's the same record Oldberg had coming into this fight. So then they make, uh, you know, Kennedy go back to the regional scene, wins two fights, then gets back on contender series, wins that fight, gets his UFC debut against Paul Craig, wins the entire fight until the last, you know, 40 seconds. Um, and beats Darko Stosic, who was a guy that went the distance with Jamal Hill. And now, you know, like these are experiences that Oldberg's never had in MMA. Kickboxing is a different sport, guys. Um, and so he let call he let Olberg uh, empty out the clip, gas himself out, and when it was time for Kennedy to put his offense on him, that's exactly what he did. So that showed some maturity because you're talking about someone from Nigeria, and Africans are just built different. Look at Sodiq Youssef. Look at Kamaru Usman. Look at Izzy Adesanya. I don't. I don't care if Izzy lost. Izzy fought admirably, and Izzy's still a world champion. Izzy's got a twenty and one record. So do not discredit Izzy Adesanya. And I, I just think that you give a guy that's green like Kennedy and Zechuku, um, a year and a half to just hone his skills and just focus on getting better. And that's what happened. Yeah, the first round, you know, wasn't the prettiest, but he did what he had to do to win that fight. And, and the most impressive thing is that he beat the alleged credentialed kickboxer at his own game. Knocked him out against the fence. It was beautiful to watch. So props to Kennedy. Uh, they actually got fight of the night. Um, and then the other bonuses went to Kaikar of France and Urosh Medic. So four more fights to talk about, and then I'll answer the rest of your questions, and we'll get out of here. So Sean Brady defeated Jake Matthews. I'll just keep this short and sweet. Good performance, uh, Sean Brady. You did a great job. Uh, now, now, now the real test begins, guys, because I know this kid's good. I know he's talented. I respect the fact that he does exactly what he needs to do to win. No unnecessary risks. He's got decent hands. He's got a serious ground game. Nice takedowns. I like him. 
However, now we're not dealing with guys outside the top 15. He asked for his top 15 opponent. He's going to get his top 15 opponent. What's going to happen with one of these real killers in the top 15 comes out here, starts stuffing his takedowns and, and makes him strike a little bit? Because I don't know if y'all noticed, but the first two rounds, Jake pretty much won the majority of the stand-up exchanges. And there were a couple reactions to some of those punches that I really didn't like by Brady. So I'm very curious to see what happens against a guy like Jeff Neal. I'm curious to see what happens. If Li Jing Liang can keep the fight standing, I'm curious what happens there as well. Even Santiago Ponzinibbio. I know he's coming off a loss, but it's just a different level. So I want to know what happens. And I will tell you this. Sean Brady lucked out that uh, his fight with Bilal got canceled and then he got to fight Jake Matthews. Because I'm telling you right here, right now, on half the battle, on after the battle, that Bilal Muhammad was guaranteed to hand uh, Sean Brady his first L that night. So luckily for him, it didn't happen. And now uh, my boy Bilal is fighting Leon in the main event. I'm excited. Amanda Lemos versus Livia Henata Souza. That's the only fight I missed. Um, but I heard Amanda ran through her, so good job. Uh, so what I'm going to mention on that is that these ladies that dropped two weight classes, holy shit, from Bantamweight to, to from 135 to 115, that makes a hell of a difference. You look at Jessica Andrade, when she did that, I mean, she was still doing good at 35s, but once she dropped down to uh, to 15, goes on to win the belt and like was brutalizing people. Amanda Lemos, very smart of her to do the same thing. I see her going far in the division. Urosh Medic defeated Alon Cruz. So a lot of people were saying some shit like, oh, how can you trust a guy from Alaska? And like, guys, I, I, let, let me tell you how I view it. If you just watch his fights in Alaska, then I understand. Because, But he, he did stand out in, in the stand-up part of things. He is violent. He did finish all those fights, but it was like he got taken down so easily in those fights. He was fighting a horrific level of competition in those fights. So I completely understand people's reservations. However, the big uh, you know thing that people didn't mention that they conveniently left out was the fact that uh, Euros Medic did his last two camps at King's MMA. So I was always saying to myself, hey, Euros, you got a lot of talent, but if you can just get out of Alaska and patch your wrestling up this much, you're going to be a fucking problem. So he goes to King's MMA, and then he comes out there on Contender Series, fucking destroys his opponent, like destroys his opponent. It stood out. You could say his opponent sucks. I mean, the guy had a 7-1 record. But you can say his opponent sucks, whatever. But I noticed a difference. That was his first camp with King's MMA. Here, second camp with King's MMA. Goes out there, just blows Alon Cruz out the water in a way where, like, you can start your UFC career 0-2, and, and they'll give you more shots because this is a performance-based company. So, for example, my boy Howley and Paiva, he lost his first two UFC fights. But, like, you know, uh, kind of like a fight of the night against Kai Car France, which most of us thought he won. And then the other one uh, against Rogerio Bontorin was like a bullshit cut stoppage. So in circumstances like that, hey, it's all good. We know you, go we know you got it. Here's, here, here's more fights. Like, you're not going to cut Paiva after going 0-2 there. Whereas in this situation with Alon Cruz, I mean, you are going to cut him after those two because not only did he get blown out the water, but he showed zero fight in either of those matchups. And 
it's just not going to pan out in the UFC for our lone Cruz. Um, you know, I commentated one of his fights in the NFC. So if he wants to come back, we'd love to get one of our guys a win over a now UFC vet. So let's do it. Trevin Jones and Mario Bautista. So this is interesting. Because uh, Mario Bautista, it seemed like he was kind of doing his thing a little bit, but it also seems like everyone's kind of doing their thing a little bit until they get caught by Trevin Jones. Another second round knockout by Jones. Man, this guy's got scary power. Eventually, you know, someone's not gonna, someone's not gonna take that big hit, and they're gonna go on to win the decision against Trevin Jones. But until that happens, he's got wins over Timur Valiev and Mario Bautista. Like under normal circumstances, like. Those are the kind of wins that, like, now you're getting a top 20, maybe even a top 15 guy. Like, Valiev is very hyped up. Mario Bautista was very hyped up. So to knock both those guys out, that's a big deal. So even though I'm still it, – it's, cra- it's crazy to say I'm not that impressed with Trevin Jones because I don't want to discredit him. I'm impressed with his power. But it's like all the in-betweens, it's, uh, everything else, that's where I'm kind of, like, still not sold. But I am sold. He touches you on the chin. There's a good chance you're going to sleep. So, yeah, props to Trevin Jones. Um, And I hope to see Mario Bautista back as well. All right. Time to answer your final questions. And then after that, I'm getting out of here. So, all right, let's see. Rackage title shot would be a fight night at best. Uh, Rackage needs another fight or two before we talk title fight no one no one's clamoring to see him get a title fight after that i mean look i'm happy i cashed a bet on him but like still um he he needs to uh rackage versus ankalif is that the fight guys uh alexander rockage versus magomed ankalif give the winner of that a title shot i mean there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things they can do there kenton wong says Rakic is all about securing wins. I respect that, but at the same time, that won't please the casuals. Yeah, exactly. Look, I had money on him, so I'm happy he did exactly what he needed to do to win. But you're right, like you know, those those these weren't these last two weren't the spectacular performances that are clamoring for you know people to see him fight Jan Blahovich. Uh, so he's that de- he definitely ain't surpassing Glover for that title shot. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, I'll tell you that much right now, my friend. Um. Okay, so scrolling down, seeing what else y'all got. Man, y'all y'all going hard on uh, on Alja, man. It's okay. They're gonna rematch. Don't worry. James C says, you are the one dude who actually makes an effort to pronounce fighters' names correctly. I appreciate that. You know what's funny is because someone commented that, like, I fuck up every fighter's name, which I was like, really? I was like, hold on. But, like, I go out of my way to, like, get them right. So, like, what do you mean? But uh, I appreciate appreciate that, man. I appreciate you noticing that for sure. Um, So... Do I think if Jan had one more minute at the end of the round, he could have gotten the finish? He he was mounted. Uh, I don't know, man. Izzy knew how to shrimp back in the half guard, man. Uh, Izzy's not just going to go down easily, man. So, 
hey, it was a nice, it was a nice decision win. So we we got to leave it at that, right? Nine minutes says, why did Bonterin go full? Uh, you know what? After exchanging haymakers, after having Kai's back the whole round, I mean, you know. Uh, what we like to talk about the, the the brazilian mummy the brazilian stunt i mean one criticism for brazilian fighters has never been their jujitsu it's never been their power it's never been their willingness to fight it's just been that um their cardio that that's always been the weakness for for a lot of brazilians not not to generalize or any shit like that but like again when i think about the majority of the brazilians in the ufc the criticisms never usually usually never the striking or the jujitsu or you know or, or the physique it's always it's oh it's always the gas tank so i can't say that i cannot say that i'm surprised uh by that at all um all right let's see jake says can dana strip a belt from whoever he wants i mean yeah but within reason like there's got to be like a legitimate reason behind it. It would be a it would be a really fucking bad move to strip Aljo. I'll tell you that they're they're gonna run it back. It's all good, man. Don't worry. Um. All right, I, I think I think it's about to wrap it up. Uh, Shark says the DJ vid is coming. I mean, come on. Has that not become like a staple of half the battle? And the funny thing is, like, um, that people think that I don't actually appreciate his greatness or or the fact that he's actually like a one of the most well-rounded fighters in the history of the sport. And again, one thing, me and my boy Robert Hale, check him out, Robert King Hale, best five big sponsored athlete. One thing me and him always talk about, because me and him always argue about this. He's like, hey, go to DJ's house. He's got 12 UFC belts. Period point blank. I can't say shit about that, right? So, no, the the areas where I give DJ shit has always been like, you know, turning, it's just, just being a boring personality and not making an effort to grow a division that they were trying to get rid of and, you know, not taking these, you know, the fight that could have changed the division forever, the TJ versus, versus uh, DJ fight, champ versus champ. But then you saw Cejudo come in here, take that, you know, on his first title defense. You saw Cejudo go up and accomplish great things. So it, it's just, it's just completely two different stories, man. You know, Cejudo was willing to take those challenges, whereas DJ was out here fighting Chris Carriasso, Tim Elliott, and Ray Borg. No disrespect. Aussie um, says MMA parlay King said to fade Kennedy. I mean, I, I don't know who that is. Um, I, if he's a fan of the show, then I, then then thank you very much, uh, Parlay King. Um, but yeah, listen, man, we all get shit wrong, you know. I said to play Song Yudong, so I mean, we we all get shit wrong, man. Um, D Rod, a uh, dude, okay. D Rod says, Dan, no, hey, why do you wait till Friday for your breakdowns when guys like MMA Parlay King? What, what's the, what's up with this Parlay King, guys? Y'all love him a lot. Hey, props, he's gotten more shots than any of the fighters tonight. Well, the reason we release our breakdowns on Friday, we used to release them earlier, but have you not noticed that throughout this whole pandemic, fight cancellations happen left and right? And literally, some of them even happened the day before the fight. Like, so why? 
basically, I want to give our fans and our listeners the most up-to-date breakdown in the market with every single fight that's on the car. So I don't want to put it out early in the week and talk about fights that aren't even going to happen. Like, I want to make sure we cover every single fight that's happening. So, you know, are we going to sacrifice a few listens that way? Maybe, maybe not. But you guys know you guys know where the real info's at. So come through. I still appreciate you being here, man. Anton says, what are my thoughts on the bias commentating Rogan, sometimes Anik in relation to possibly affecting the judges? Um, well, the judges don't have headphones on, I don't think. The judges can't hear the commentary, so has, honestly has nothing to do with it. The only The only thing I could think of that could have a possible influence is because they're in, uh, you know, there's not too many people in the crowd. Maybe, maybe the judges can overhear the commentators, but they definitely don't like got like headphones on like I do, like hearing their every word. So I don't think it's a case like that. Um, oh, I already answered this. No idea who that is. Um, Chris Creeve says, wish the commentators were in a soundproof booth so the judges couldn't hear them. Um, so y'all really think the judges are listening to the commentator? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let, 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 me, uh, let me debate this. Because look, according to you guys, the commentators were super biased towards Izzy. According to the judges, all three judges had it four to one for Jan Blahovich. So, are we sure that they can hear what the commentators are saying? Because that main event was a, a story, uh, you know, in terms of what the commentators were saying and in terms of what the judges were saying. Two different stories, my friend. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite convinced. Like I get where y'all are coming from, and I get, you know, the speculation, the suspicion, this and that. But I'm not quite sure to. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm ready to say that yet. All right. Let's see. Kelton, uh, I, you are correct, but I just don't want to, you know, put him on blast like that on the show. But uh, you are correct. Um, Jimmy, the drunk, says these guys need to realize if you talk to if you talk shit to the great John Jones, you'll take an L. Soon thereafter, I've noticed it. Dom Reyes acting, parading around like he fucking won that fight. He gets blown out the water. Um, Izzy making all those memes. Izzy felt tough tonight, though. We we can't we can't discredit Izzy's performance. Um, Jan was just the better man. Yeah, Jan's the fucking champ, man. At, at two oh five, you know. So it was what it was. All right, guys. I think, damn, we've been on here an hour and forty minutes. Time really does fly by when you're having fun. So I truly appreciate y'all being here with me. Um. So before I get out of here. Any last questions, any last comments, any last anything, tell me right here, right now. Um, and if not, I'm going to get my ass out of here. Going to be back next week. Got another badass fight card. Um, let me check who the main event is real quick. Uh, 
Oh, of course. Let me check who the main event is. The main event is my fucking boy, Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad trying to beat the number three guy on planet Earth is what the main event is. So fuck yeah. I'm I'm super ecstatic about that. Um Anton says he feels like I'm afraid to say anything about the biased commentary. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought I just said that the commentators were kind of, you know, talking more about what Izzy did, but I felt like earlier in the night, that wasn't that bad. I mean, listen, the reason why I'm not quick to criticize a commentator is because I've commentated fights before. Now, obviously never at the UFC level, um, you know, at the NFC level, but still I've sat cage side with the headphones, with the monitor called hundreds of fights and let's just say it's not as easy as it looks it's not as easy as just sitting down and just oh let's just talk fights because like the angles are a little bit different you can't like it's it's so diff like it, it i know this doesn't make sense to you and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people because you're thinking like well dude you're sitting front row cage side like what do you mean you can't see everything but it's just different with the fence in front of you with like the with the poles um whereas when you're watching it on tv it's a zoomed in camera angle you can literally see everything that's going on so i th i just think commentary is a much tougher uh, job than it appears to be and i mean it's not like anik rogan and dc are not credentialed commentators i mean these guys these guys know the sport pretty damn well man so you know no no one's going to be perfect every day so um that's the least of my concerns, honestly. But anyways, guys, it looks like that's all y'all got for me. So thank you so fucking much for joining me on the special edition of Half the Battle After the Battle. I appreciate it. Erroneous says, is Ben Rothwell washed enough to lose to Felipe Linz? Um, I mean, do you see how fucking slow Ben Rothwell has been looking? Let's just put it this way. If Felipe Linz does not get knocked out, Felipe Linz is live to win this fight. But he could get knocked out. But if he doesn't, He's he's live to win this fight. Um. All right. So. All right, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Anton says yes. The judges hear the commentators. Period. Okay, but back to my point. The weren't the commentators all over Izzy, and didn't the all three judges score the fight four one for Jan? So I mean, do you do you have a point? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> But it's all good, bro. I still appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate all y'all tuning in. Make sure you check out my sponsor, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. I'll be back next week to break down the epic Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards fight night card. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys for sticking around for an hour and 45 minutes with me. Do me a favor. Before we get out of here, give this video a like and a subscribe. And... uh Let's keep uh, let's keep trucking forward, man. On to the next. So appreciate you guys again. And until the next time, let's cash these bets. <laughs>